Okay, kids, I have a question for you. Have you ever been called? Have you ever had somebody say your name and then say, come here? Does that ever happen? No, it never happens? That's amazing. When, when you hear that happen, when you hear somebody call and they say, come here, what are you hoping? Let's, like, let's say one of your parents calls you and they say, come here. What are you hoping that they are calling you for? Yeah. To give you something. And that you're not in trouble. Yeah, okay, good. Anything else? Something fun? Yeah. Yeah, I always hope when I hear my name and somebody's calling me and they're calling me to come here, I'm always hoping that it's something good. I, I hope that it's good news. I, I hope that it's like, hey, I'm making cookies and I want you to try the first one. That kind of, of good, good news. Well, this morning, we're going to be looking at the Bible and Jesus is going to be talking to people and he's going to be calling them. And he's going to say, come follow me. And he's going to be showing them good news. Good news. We, we call it the gospel, but the gospel just means good news. It, it actually comes from a, a Greek word, euangelion, uh, which is good um, message, a good message. And so, so let's look and see what this message is that, that is this good message that Jesus is talking about, okay? Let's start just by reading this section, Matthew chap, uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. And they were in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. And he went out throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick and those afflicted with various diseases and pains and those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. This begins with Jesus going out and preaching, proclaiming, telling people this message, verse 17. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is, God's kingdom is coming. And if God's kingdom is coming, what we have to do is we have to repent. We have to turn away from the things that we have been doing and turn toward God. That's repenting. 
We have been living in a way that uh, is not in line with acknowledging the glory of the great sovereign God of all the universe. And because we have been living in a way that does not acknowledge His glory, then we have to repent of that and turn back to Him. And that's what Jesus is saying. From the time after His baptism and His temptation, if you've been here the last several weeks, you know we've been working our way through the book of Matthew, and you saw the birth of Jesus, and then the anointing of Jesus at His baptism, where the the Spirit of God filled Him, and then the the, uh, temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, and from that point on, now He is proclaiming this message. Repent, For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Because God's kingdom is right here, right now. It's coming. As he's going around, as he's going around and preaching this message throughout Galilee, which is up uh, toward the northern area of of Israel, around the Sea of Galilee, but also the, the region surrounding that. He's preaching and he's proclaiming this message as he goes around this area. And it's starting to make a little bit of a stir. John had been, John the Baptist had been preaching a similar message down by the Jordan River, closer to Jerusalem, a little further south in Israel. And now Jesus is proclaiming this same message, and it's making this stir. Who's this guy that's preaching that same message as that weird prophet that was down by the Jordan River? Now he's preaching it up in Galilee. This Jesus is going around, and, and he's making a stir as he's proclaiming this message. And as he goes along the Sea of Galilee, he sees these brothers, and he says, Hey, follow me. Follow me. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Wouldn't that be a weird thing? If you were just sitting by the sea, this is something they did every day. This was their job. They were fishermen. And they were just there by the sea fishing or preparing to fish. And they had very likely at least heard about Jesus. Maybe they had seen him. Maybe they'd they'd, uh, been near him and heard his preaching um, and talking about repenting for the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. Maybe they had already repented. Maybe they had heard it when John was preaching it. But they certainly would have heard about Jesus. And then when Jesus comes by, he sees them in the middle of their work. And says, hey, you guys, you, you fishermen, come, come follow me. Can you imagine if, if you were in your work, if you were doing just your normal things, and somebody were to come along and say, hey, come follow me. What would you do? Um, I'm, I'm busy. I don't know if you've noticed but I'm working here. If I don't work, I don't eat. And in fact, because I'm a fisherman, if I don't work, others don't eat. My job is catching fish. And I, I, I know that you're saying the kingdom of heaven is coming, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, um, but I'm, I'm working here. 
That's sort of a thing we do on the weekends is talk about the kingdom of heaven. It's Monday. It's a work day. Jesus comes along and he sees these two brothers and he just calls them. He says, follow me. Follow me. And what I'm going to do, you fishermen, is I'm going to make you fishers of men. Instead of tossing your nets into the sea and gathering in fish, instead you're going to be tossing something else out and you're going to be gathering in men. You're going to be gathering in people for the kingdom of God. You're going to have a new role. I know you have spent a lot of time learning how to do this fishing thing. And I know that you're very proficient at that. You are good on the sea. You know how to sail the boats. You know what the, how to uh, navigate the different conditions of the sea. You know where the fish are. You know where to go, what time of day to go, what kinds of nets to use. You know all of these things, and you know how to do it well. You're very good fishermen, but I want to call you now to something different. I want to call you now to leave your occupation to leave your job and instead come and I'm going to train you how to do something different. I'm going to train you how to gather in people. Now when he puts it that way, it sounds similar, right? Well, I'm just gathering in fish or I'm gathering in people. But gathering is gathering, right? Unless you have ever tried getting somebody to follow you, and you have also tried to catch a fish. Those are two very different things. The skills don't really transfer from the one to the other. Right? When I'm out by myself, I, I personally like to fly fish. I don't do the net fishing like these people do. But I like to fly fish. And I have done some practicing to try and do that. I would call myself an okay fisherman. Okay, I don't tangle my line on every cast, and I do occasionally catch fish. So I'm an okay fisherman. That's very different than getting people to follow you, to gather them and bring them somewhere. It's a different skill set that's required. And what Jesus is saying is, I know that you're very proficient at one thing, but I want to train you in something new. You're going to be my disciples, my apprentices. You're going to walk and follow me and see what I do and how I do it. And I'm going to coach you on the skills that are required. And I'm going to help you because I want to repurpose what you're doing. You're going to need to abandon your occupation, and engage in something else. Doesn't that sound like repenting? You're going to need to abandon something and turn toward something else. God, Jesus, is calling people to abandon what they're doing to turn to something else, to engage in another behavior because His kingdom is coming. When Jesus calls out and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, who is the king of that kingdom? Anybody. Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus is is the king of that kingdom. Matthew has spent the first four chapters of his book about Jesus trying to convince us of this fact. 
that Jesus, by birthright and by empowerment and by anointing of the Holy Spirit, is the king of the kingdom. So when Jesus comes and he says, hey, you, follow me, it's a little bit less of an invitation, like if I were to come and say, hey, would you like to come to my birthday party? That would be an invitation. When Jesus comes, he comes as the king and he says, follow me. It is a summons. It's a summons. You are going to be my subjects, my disciples. You're going to follow me and I'm going to have you. I'm going to send you out later to gather in others into this kingdom. It's a different kind of a kingdom than the kinds of kingdoms we normally think about, right? This is not a physical kingdom. This is a spiritual kingdom. That Jesus is the king of this kingdom, and he's sending, going to be sending out these disciples to gather people in. But before he can send them out to gather them in, he first has to train them. And so that's what he's telling them he's going to do. I need you to abandon everything and follow me. Verse 20. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. That's amazing. I don't know what kind of interactions they had had with Jesus before this, but they're at work. And Jesus said, follow me. And they went, okay. And they dropped the nets and they left the boats and they followed him. Here we go. Let's check out what this uh, fishers of men thing is. Yeah, let's do it. I think you and I are called to do the same thing. When Jesus calls and he says, hey, I want you to follow me. We have to drop everything and follow him. We may not physically have to uh, leave our jobs to follow him and, and help bring people into his kingdom. We may not need to physically do that, but emotionally we are dropping it and reprioritizing our lives. Some of you ha have um, said this in your minds, or maybe even out loud. I hope God doesn't call me to be a missionary. Why do we say that? Because I'm comfortable here, and it seems uncomfortable to me if God were to say, hey, you follow me by going to another part of the world, leaving everything that you have here, go to another part of the world and tell people about who I am. And we go, you know what? I'm not equipped for that. I'm not talented for that. I'm very good at what I do here. I happen to be very comfortable here. I don't really want to go and do that. We need to repent of that kind of an attitude. I'm not saying that every single person needs to go across an ocean to be a missionary, but if we have em emotionally let go of what we have so that we can follow God then if he says, and this is where I want you to do it, doing it is only walking it out. You see, the scary thing is not actually the leaving here and going there. 
The scary thing is the willingness to do it. Once we have let go of this and said, okay, God, you want me to reprioritize my life. I am going to give my life to you. I am going to leave this behind and I am going to follow you. Then whether we stay here physically in our same jobs and we are missionaries right here, right now, calling to people, being trained as disciples to do this work of proclaiming the coming kingdom of Jesus, whether we do that here or whether we do that there, it makes no difference. The going is just the confirmation of what we have already done emotionally and our unwillingness to even entertain the idea of going um, acknowledges that emotionally we have not abandoned our nets. And when Jesus comes and he says, follow me, we're clinging to them. Oh no, Jesus. Nope, I'm a really good fisherman. I love the sea. You want me to walk? I live in a boat, man. I don't walk, I float. Leave me in the sea, Jesus. Do you see how beautiful the Sea of Galilee is? Do you know how dry and ugly other parts of Israel are? You want me to go and gather in people? I gather in fish. We don't want to be in that place where we are clinging to it. When Jesus comes and says, hey, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and I want you to follow me, we have to say, okay, I'm going to reprioritize everything. I'm going to drop everything for the sake of following Jesus. Listen, it, it, it goes on. This doesn't get easier. And going on from there, verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. They were in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Now he's not just talking about leaving their occupation, but family as well. Hang on now. When you're talking about the core essence of who I am, my identity, who I consider myself to be, what I do and my family are my top two. Maybe it's my family and then what I do. But that's who I am. You're calling me to drop that? And immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. See you, Dad, we're following Jesus. This is a radical call. It's not a small call. It's not a life improvement call. It's a summons from a king. Come and follow me. That's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. The good news is that we are called to repent, to drop everything, and to follow Jesus 
to be witnesses of His extraordinary kingdom. That's the good news. That we get to drop everything and follow Jesus and be witnesses of His extraordinary kingdom. Now, if I come along and I say, hey, follow me, when I ask the kids, what do you hope you're getting called to? I hope it's something good, and I hope I'm not in trouble. When Jesus is calling these guys, I mean, if Jesus is calling you and saying, hey, come follow me, what are you hoping for there? We're nervous, right? Oh, what is he going to ask me to do? I, I know he's going to ask me to do something hard. I, my life isn't perfect, but I like it fine. It's comfortable here. Wouldn't you be excited, though, if he was like, Hey, come follow me. I've got this job I want you to do in Hawaii. For the next two years, you have to live in Hawaii. Sign me up. I'm a missionary today. You want me to drop everything? I'll drop everything. Here we go. Right? It, it, what, are, what am I being called to? Because the sacrifice seems huge when I'm giving up my occupation, when I'm giving up my identity, when I'm giving up my family. The, the, the cost seems huge, but it depends on what you're getting, right? What he's saying is, come follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men, and you get to be witnesses of my extraordinary kingdom. You want to see things you never thought could happen? Come follow me. These guys are going to follow him for the next three years. And it's going to be the most extraordinary three years of their lives. It's going to change them. It's going to flip their lives upside down because of the things that they're going to see, because of the things that they're going to experience, because of the things that they're going to learn, because of who Jesus is. They are going to have their minds blown. So when Jesus says, repent, drop everything and follow me, this is good news. Because what he's going to call them to, what he's bringing them to, is so much better than what they had before. Yeah, the Sea of Galilee is beautiful. I've been there. I would not mind spending much time on the Sea of Galilee. Floating in a boat and fishing sounds lovely. But what these guys are going to see is amazing. Immediately they left their boats and their father and they followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He went throughout. He's, he's, he's kind of this weird um, rabbi, right? He's, he's going around and he's teaching in the synagogues and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven at, at coming. And they're looking at him going, okay. Weird. I mean, we knew Jesus. We didn't really consider Jesus to be rabbi type. His dad was a, worked with his hands and was a carpenter. And so we didn't really see that coming. But he's, he's opening the scriptures and he's explaining them and he's teaching. And he's preaching and he's proclaiming. 
And in this whole area, he's doing this. And he's talking about the good news of the kingdom. This good news, this message that he's repeating over and over again is this repent, 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 for the kingdom of heaven is coming. And so on the one hand, he looks like a a rabbi, a teacher, who's walking around and, and gathering disciples to follow him that he's training in the scriptures. But then this message is so... Uh, has so much authority, has so much weight to it, has so much significance to it that he sounds like a prophet. Here's this guy that looks like a rabbi and sounds like a prophet and these people are starting to follow him as he goes around and he teaches from synagogue to synagogue and town to town and region to region, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you can just imagine John and and, uh, James and Peter and Andrew following him and going, man, this is... This is really cool. I mean, Sunday school was nice, but this guy, this guy understands the scriptures. This, when he teaches, man, it just lights my heart on fire to hear him. The kingdom of heaven sounds so amazing, so wonderful. And so he goes in verse 23, he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, that good news of the kingdom of heaven. And he was healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And these new disciples, these new followers of Jesus, as as they're following him and they're watching what's happening, they're going, whoa, That, that guy was sick. And he just healed him. And that, that guy was afflicted and troubled, and he just healed him. And this person had anxiety, and he healed him. And that person couldn't walk, and he healed him. And this person couldn't see, and he healed him. And this person was mute, and he healed him. And he, this person was, was blind, and he healed him. You know... I've been fishing on the Sea of Galilee for a long time, and I never got to see this kind of stuff before. This is a call to an extraordinary kingdom. And so his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick and those afflicted with various diseases and pains and those oppressed by demons and those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. You see, on the one hand, it's a radical call. Jesus is making a radical call to say, I want you to drop everything and follow me. And at the same time, what they are about to see when they leave their nets is extraordinary. Here is the coming of Jesus, the King. His kingdom is not yet fulfilled. It's not yet what it will be. But he is demonstrating that he has authority over multiple realms here. Yeah, his kingdom may be a spiritual kingdom, but he has authority in the physical realm too. Because he's healing. That's awesome. That's good news. That here comes Jesus, and part of what it means for the kingdom to come is that Jesus has authority to heal. Now, let's not get confused about this, though. Because immediately what happens for a lot of people is they see, oh, hey, Jesus can heal every affliction. 
every sickness, every disease. And so if I follow Jesus, then all my stuff will go away. No, the good news is not that Jesus heals. That's, that's not the good news. It is good news, but not the good news. Okay? We, we have to be clear about that. Because when you're going out and you're gathering people for Jesus' kingdom, what we don't want the message to sound like is, hey, if you come and follow Jesus, he will heal you. That's not the good news. The good news is you have a sin problem. You have not related to the God of the universe, the one true God, appropriately. And you need to be forgiven of that sin and reconciled with God so that you can enter into his spiritual kingdom. That's the good news. The good news is that we have to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and Jesus provides the way to God. That's the good news. These other things, these are evidences of the good news. Yes, sometimes Jesus heals. Sometimes he flips our lives upside down. And he has the authority and the ability to do it, but it doesn't mean that he does it on every single occasion, in every instance, for every single person. Sometimes you... Um, We'll hear about these gadgets, right? That, that these are really handy gadgets. And uh, the guy on TV that's telling you about these handy gadgets will always say, but wait, there's more, right? Not only does it open cans, it also opens bottles and letters and your car door. And then you're carrying this thing around and you're going, this is not a great car door opener. I mean, it technically opens it, but there are so much better car door openers than this. Well, yeah, it's a side benefit. That's not what the thing is actually for. It's a side benefit. They just tacked that on. When we're talking about the healings and things, a lot of times people go, ooh, that's the good stuff right there. Those are side benefits. Those are, those are just the fringes. Those are the crumbs of the good dessert. The really good news is that you can be reconciled with and have a relationship with the God of the universe such that you can refer to Him as Heavenly Father. And He will love you like a father loves his child. That's the good news. That's the good news. And so what's happening his fame spreads throughout all Syria. And in verse 25, And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. It's just like people are hearing about him from everywhere. And even though 
he walked along the the Sea of Galilee and he told those couple of guys, hey, you follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. As word gets out about Jesus and who he is and what he's teaching and what he's capable of, people are traveling from much further. And so instead of being this scary thing where Jesus says, hey, Peter, Andrew, you guys follow me, and they go, wow, this is going to cost me a lot. There are people who are dropping everything from miles and miles and miles away so that they can come and get a glimpse at this guy. Because they are starting to hear about how great Jesus is. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the things that the gospel does. Some of the results that the gospel can produce in us. But I don't want to lose sight of what the foundation of the gospel is. That Jesus is calling us to repent, to abandon everything and turn to Him so that we can be witnesses of His extraordinary kingdom. And when we use that word witness, right? That we can be witnesses, you can use that word two ways. One, as an observer, and two, as a testifier. And He's calling us to do both. We both get to see what His glorious, extraordinary kingdom is, and we get to tell people about what His glorious, extraordinary kingdom is. But for right now, I just want to ask you this question. Are you prepared to abandon everything to follow Him? I'm not saying that you're going to have to. But if you're prepared to, and then Jesus asks you to, it'll be really easy. Because you've already emotionally gone through the process of saying, I'm reprioritizing my life. I'm dropping all of this for the sake of Jesus. Then whatever he asks you to do with that stuff, with your occupation, with your family, with all of your material wealth, whatever he asks you to do with it, easy, because I've already reprioritized my entire life to following Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have made a way for us to become as your children. Thank you that you so loved the world that you desired for us to be brought to you. That you would send your Son, by whose death and resurrection we are justified and able to come. Lord, would you help us now to let everything else go to reprioritize our lives and give all to following you. May we do that because you are worthy of all praise and adoration and attention. 
And Lord, I ask too for those in this room, for those who are hearing my words now, as they abandon those things, would you give them a glimpse of the extraordinary kingdom? And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.